God bless you, Victor Outreach Inglewood, and welcome to our Sunday morning virtual worship service. I'm glad you're here with us this morning, and uh, I am blessed to be able to share God's word with you. I'll be reading from the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, before we go there, however, I'd just like to thank God for what he's been doing in the life of Jose Luis. Um, Sister Rosie called us and asked if we could pray for him. We've been praying. His organs had been shutting down. He had a serious infection, but thanks be to God, he uh, has been sent home from the hospital. He's doing much better. And so your prayers matter. Thank you so much for your, your prayer, for your support, amen, in, in all that you do. Uh, you, you really make a difference in the lives of of people. Amen. Well, this morning I'm reading from the New International Version, and this is what it says, Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray your anointing upon the reading of this word, that you would uh, allow me to communicate your word with clarity and conviction, and that you would prepare hearts to receive what you desire to say to each of us. We need you. We need to hear from you. Speak, we pray, from your word in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen, amen. You know, I have always been fascinated by the story of Job. Interesting story about a very interesting man, right? But we always read this story with the perspective of looking at the guy for you know, just who he was, a, a sinless man, a, a man who had been afflicted, you know, uh, how the enemy came in to disrupt his life. But when you look closer at this book and you begin to read uh, between the lines and look clearly at what the words are saying, you see Job as a parent. In fact, he was the priest of his home. The story uh, begins by illustrating his extreme wealth. And out of that extreme wealth, he had everything any person could want or, or, or need. In fact, he provided homes for his children. And he surrounded them with, with wealth and, and prosperity, which allowed them to have these humongous parties, right, every year on their birthdays. And there were 10 of them. 10 times a year, they would have these enormous, extravagant parties. And from the sound of it, they got kind of wild, right? They didn't last for a few hours. It, it seems as though they lasted for a few days, right? The Bible says when a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, 
he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And this was Job's regular custom. He was a parent, right? He was a concerned parent. He was a priest of his home, involved in the lives of his kids, where his priestly duties uh, as, as the leader of his home, a spiritual leader of his home, meant that he ministered to his family. It was his desire that none of them are lost. It was his desire to be involved in their lives, to guide them and to do what he could to see to it that they make it into heaven. He didn't try to corral them, to keep them from doing the things that they were doing, but he was present to lead them spiritually. The Bible says that this was his regular custom. And we know that Job is described as a righteous man, but here we see that the context of his righteousness is his family. He was concerned about his family. It wasn't enough for Job just to live right before the Lord. And that's a good thing. That's a huge thing to live right before the Lord. His concern was for his children that they live right before the Lord. What good would it be if I make it to heaven and I don't do what I can to see that my family make it, makes it there with me? Right. So after every party and they had parties all year, 10 times in the year, huge parties on each of their birthdays, Job would sacrifice for his children just in case. Right. He didn't have probable cause. Uh, he didn't have any hard evidence of sin. Uh, he didn't find empty beer bottles the next day. There was no paraphernalia, no uh, residue on the tabletops, right? Job's concern was much deeper than the surface stuff. Job was concerned with what might be happening in the heart. So he offered a sacrifice of repentance just in case any of them had sinned in their hearts before the Lord. One offering for each of them. That's like 10 bulls, 10 times a year, right? This guy was involved, right? He would probably say to himself, who knows what they may have said in their hearts? Who knows what they were thinking when they had these parties and the music was blasting and they're singing along to the lyrics? Who knows what they were thinking? Who knows what may have been going on? The thoughts and the feelings that they had towards God. The thoughts and the feelings that arise from the flesh, from the world, from the devil. Who knows what was in their minds? And just in case, Job would offer a sacrifice. That brother was on top of it. Man, he was proactive. He was diligent and consistent. A father who was so concerned for his children that he involved himself in their spiritual lives. Amazing, amazing story. Apparently, they didn't send an invitation to Pops, right? According to the scripture here in, in, in verse 5, they would send an invitation to each other, but they didn't send an invitation to Pops, right? No inv invitation for Job. And, and that should have been like the first clue. What's going on at these parties? What's happening over at these, these parties that I, I'm not involved? Hello, somebody, right? So Job invited himself, not to the party, but to the afterglow, right? So if you're going to have a party, I'm going to have the afterglow. I, I'm going to set up a church service for you. 
and we're going to purify you and we're going to have church and I'm going to take you before the throne of the living God, whether they wanted to go or not. This was Job's regular duty, right? Whether they showed up in person or not, we're, we don't know for certain, right? But one thing is for certain is that Job showed up for them. Job showed up before the Lord, right? He was the priest of his family, the man who would step in the middle between God and his children. So his offering that he gave to the Lord was an intercessory offering, what made on behalf of someone else. That's what intercessory means, like intercessory prayer. When we intercede for other people, we, we go and we stand in the gap for them. We, we stand between them and God and we plead for them. For God. They may not even be praying. They may not even be concerned about their situation. They may not even be thinking about the, the direction that their life is going. But when we intercede, we pray for them. We stand in the gap for them. That word intercede means to intervene to go in the middle, to stand in the, in the middle, to get involved in an activity, even without an invitation. Another word for intercede is simply to interfere, right? I'm going to jump in. I'm going I'm to interfere with the direction of my children's lives. I don't like where they're going. They're not going in a good direction. I'm going to interfere in this. I'm going to stand in the middle of this. And so he would put himself in the middle of his children's spiritual lives. He would jump in, not as a pest, but as a priest, concerned for them, to try to persuade God to change the outcome of their way of life. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Right? This is what Paul told Timothy, that we pray and we, and we intercede for everyone. Pray, whether they request it or not. Pray, stand in the gap. Right? Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. You see, the Spirit becomes the go-between, between you and God. The Spirit Himself inside of us begins to intercede and pray when we don't even have the words to form that prayer, when we don't even have the words to take before the Lord. He is praying for you. The Spirit inside of you is interceding for you. He is the go-between between you and God. And this is exactly what Job did for his children. He became the go-between for his family. He would show up in heaven for his family, in the spirit, faithfully after every party, to show up in heaven. Lord, they're at it again. They're partying again. They didn't invite me there, but I've come and, and I'm, I'm inviting you into their lives. I'm praying that you would touch them. Even though he was still on the earth, even though he was still at home, he would enter into the very throne room of God on behalf 
of his children. He would approach the father and, and speak to the father on their behalf. And whether his children knew it or not, they were right there with him, all 10 of them right there with him. That's what intercessory prayer does. That's what this intercessory sacrifice did. He would pray for them. He would offer a sacrifice for them because he loved them. He got involved in their lives. And I want you to know that this is what happens every time we intercede, right? This is what happens when parents pray for their children. This is what happens when grandparents pray for their grandchildren, right? When we, when we go before the Lord, we take them with us into heaven. We, we leave this place in the spirit. We, we might be you know, kneeling down beside the bed. We might be praying there in your usual spot, but we leave this place and we go before God with our families when we intercede for them. We bring them to the very throne room of God. We walk down the corridors of heaven and present them before Jesus right there in heaven, whether they want to be there or not. You don't have to ask their permission to intercede for them. Job didn't ask permission. They didn't invite him to the party, but I'm inviting you to the throne room of God. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to pray for a breakthrough in your life. And this is what Job did on a regular basis, right? We go before the Lord, whether they want to be there or not, we place the blood of Jesus upon him. The sacrifice he's made, we place it upon them just in case they sinned in their hearts, just in case they strayed away from God and they haven't even revealed it yet, just in case. You know, in some cases, you know, we uh, go before the Lord and uh, we see the evidence you know, we, we go before the Lord because there are things that we see taking place in their lives. You know, bad choices right there in plain sight. And in some cases, we see that evidence of a divided heart. People searching for answers in other places other than God, other than the scripture. And as we intercede, it's like we, we take hold of them and we drag them before the king of glory. It's like we take hold of them in prayer. And we bring them before the God who is able to make a difference in their lives. And even if your kids haven't been in church for a while, it's okay. You can take them before God every single day, every moment of the day when you intercede for them, just in case they may have sinned in their hearts before the Lord. Doesn't matter if they're four years old. Doesn't matter if they're 50 years old. You can take them to him, grab them and take them before the Lord. The story of Job teaches us that even if children, regardless of where they are, who they are, what's going on in their lives, that even if you can't drag your kids to church, you can drag them before the throne room of God. For whatever reason, if they're not going to church, if they're not tuning in, if they're not praying, if they're not reading their word, if they're drifting off, right? I remember at the very beginning of this COVID uh, pandemic, uh, and we we closed the services for, for virtual service only. And, and we had uh, D Sister Debbie and Sister Regina were faithful doing children's ministry. They had crafts. They, they spent hours putting stuff together, uh, you know, logging on, uh, having the kids log on. And, and But kids being at home, 
and they didn't have to go to church. They began to dwindle like one by one. And, and, and pretty soon in, in Debbie's class, she only had one kid. It was me. You know, I'm just sitting there watching, you know. They, they began to drift away. Even if you can't get your kids in church, you can take them to the king of heaven every single day when we intercede for them. You can lift them before the throne of God. So I believe it was Job, right, who invented this whole virtual church thing in the first place, man, where where he's able to bring his children to God, whether they're there in person or not, right? Intercessory prayer does that. How did he do it? This is how he did it. Number one, he made it a priority. Job made it a priority to be the priest of his home, to offer sacrifices for his children. The Bible says Job rose up early in the morning before the distractions of the day, right? Before all of those things begin calling out for our attention and our time early in the morning before everything in life begins to beg us for our time. Early in the morning, he began his priestly work. The priestly work took priority. That was the first thing he did. He'd wake up praying for his children, sacrificing for his children. And in the same way, our priestly duties, yours and mine's, it should come first. It should be the first thing we do. Asking God, God, forgive me of my sins. And and I want to go before you on behalf of my family, on behalf of my family of faith. My my brothers and sisters, I want to go before you and ask that you would help us, purge us, cleanse us, renew us, protect us, restore us to make it a priority. The first thing we do, that's our priestly duty. You know, I remember Pastor Mitchell used to say, hey, seek the Lord while he may be found. Right. He was talking about early in the morning. Right before the donuts begin to call you, before all the other things begin to call for your attention. Seek the Lord. Let that be your first priority. The second thing I see he did in, here in the book of Job is that he covered them. He covered his children specifically and individually. The Bible says that he would offer a burnt sacrifice for each of them, right? After every party, for each of his children. No matter whose party it was, each of them were prayed for exclusively, individually. They were prayed for. All of his children, each of them, Job would set some time apart. He would cleanse and purify them. He would cover them. He would uh, kill uh, his, his sacrifice for them. He would stand to do the, the procedure for each of his children individually, one after the other. It's like praying for our own children by name, each of them by name, with each of their own idiosyncrasies in mind, with their own quirks, their particularities and, and characteristics to picture their faces to to name their name, to consider their ways, to think about and take the total person in mind before the Lord, right? The individual, whoever it is you're praying for, to take them by name, to think about their face, to think about their ways and to lift them before the Lord. For Job, it was personal. Each one of his children he would take before the Lord, each one on his own, on her own. 
You know, I, I want to take you before the Lord. And he would spend, it wasn't a general thing for all of them, but each of them. And this is costly, a costly task for Job. When you think about it, right? But, but, but it's because he loved his children. It, the cost didn't matter. The time didn't matter, right? It was well worth the cost. Job was on guard for his family, right? He was a watchman, for, like, like a watchman standing on the walls of the city. He was looking out for his family, and he covered them all the time, individually, by name. Thirdly and lastly, we see why Job did what he did. Job had a righteous concern for his kids. It wasn't a worry, right? We know that we shouldn't worry, but he had a righteous concern for them. Verse 5 goes on and it says that Job was thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. You know, some parents might say, oh, my kids are all right. They're, they're all right. They're good kids, right? And, and, and I would agree. Yes, they, they are good kids, and they might be all right. But Job said, no, they're not all right. They're not all right. As long as they live in this fallen world, they are not all right. As long as they live in the flesh, they are not all right. I need to pray for them. I, I can't let up. I can't give the enemy a foothold. I need to pray. I need to intercede. He said, no, I need to fight for them. I need to intercede for them. I, they need a covering. And, and, and I can't do it. I need to intercede that God intervenes in their lives. So he didn't wait until his children were in trouble. He didn't wait until his children were in need and start praying when they have a prayer need. Oh, I'm in trouble. Can, can you pray for me? Oh, yeah. What's your need? He prayed just in case. Just in case. He sanctified his children just in case. Nothing specific, right? There, there was uh, no proof of wrongdoing, no specific issues. It was just in case. A covering for his children, like insurance, uh, spiritual insurance for his children. You know, as parents, as grandparents, as concerned friends, as leaders, as pastors, this is the kind of intercessory prayer we ought to be doing for our congregations, for our cities, for our families. We don't wait to intercede for those that we care about. We don't wait until trouble comes. When we hear bad news, we pray just in case because we know that the times that we live in are evil. We know that the flesh is evil and corrupt. We know that there's a devil walking around, right, causing havoc in the hearts and the minds of people. We intercede just in case. Who knows what might happen from day to day? Who knows what might happen in the spur of the moment under the influence of the times, under the influence of friends, under the influence of circumstances, social media or whatever else might be out there? We need a covering. We need prayer just in case. This was Job's regular custom. This is what he did. After every festival, every party, he made it a point to interfere with the direction of, of a potential falling away. He would interfere, intervene, and make intercessory prayer. You know, we need a covering. We need a prayer like this just in case. This was Job's regular custom, and it should be ours as well. 
He made it a priority to intercede daily, the first thing that we do. He prayed for those that he loved specifically. We need to pray for those that we love specifically. Name them by name. Picture them before the Lord. Take them before the throne of God. The person, take the person with you into heaven when you pray. And then don't wait for trouble. Don't wait for the need. Pray for your family just in case. Amen. Well, I want to pray for us this morning, just in case. Amen. You know, this story provides for us a model of Jesus, of who Jesus is. And in this story, Job is like a model of Christ, right? Who is in heaven. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 7, verse 25, that Jesus lives to intercede for you that he lives to intercede for you before the sun comes up. Every day, he is there talking to God about you. And he talks to God about you by name, individually, personally, not just as a blanket prayer, but he knows you and he calls you out. He singles you out before the Father. He goes before the Father on your behalf every single day. And whenever the enemy tries to accuse you, whether he is right or wrong, Jesus is there to speak in your behalf, to intercede for you. Not for any fault that you might have, not for any weakness that you might have, but just in case. So let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you this morning for your grace for your abundant grace. We thank you for this picture of Job, a man of God who involved himself, not just in the material things of his family, but in the spiritual lives of his family. Father God, I hope that we can see that, that, that it takes commitment to be a priest of our homes, to minister to our families. And so I pray this morning that you would touch lives touch hearts, that you reinvigorate the prayer lives of parents, grandparents, and those that are concerned for others. We thank you this morning in Jesus' name, and God's people say, amen, amen. Well, thank you. I certainly hope God has spoken to you. And, And this morning, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'd like to pray a short, simple prayer for you this morning. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know that I've lived wrong in the past, but this morning I ask for forgiveness. Come into my life and transform me. I believe that you died on the cross for me, but the grave could not hold you and you resurrected for me. I receive you now as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. For those of you that said that prayer in sincerity and faith, right now I just pray that God would lift the burden off of your life, that you experience the newness of Christ this very moment, and that he would strengthen you day by day. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope to see you all very soon. Amen.